0: We've got an opportunity here to take back the teams to make everybody aware that we are back. We're gonna be back bigger, we're gonna be back, back faster, and we're gonna be back stronger. We are not gonna be afraid to take on the fight. We're not gonna be afraid to hold politicians accountable. We're not gonna be afraid of anything. Do you know why? Because we've got the strongest army supporting us. The 1.3 million rank and file members throughout this entire country and Canada. And don't kid yourself, corporate America is nervous right now. I've had the opportunity in the last couple days to do a lot of media. And look, we're not shy. We're telling, we're coming, we're coming hot. And like I said earlier, this is a full contact sport. Put your helmets on, buckle your chin straps. Let's get ready for the fight. Thank you very much. That was Sean O'Brien last week coming off of what looks like a landslide victory um, in which he was elected the next general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. So we're here today to talk about that election, um, and who better to talk about it with than our own principal officer, Rocco Kahlo, who was also elected last week uh, as a Eastern Region vice President to the IBT. So welcome back to the show, Rocco. Thank you. Um, so a lot to talk about, and pretty exciting stuff, right? Um, so we hold these elections every five years. Um, pretty rare, I think, that an entire slate of candidates is elected um, in the election. Usually, we get a little bit of a mix, right? Um, so, the entire O'Brien Zuckerman slate was elected last week, um, and um, I, I want to talk a little bit about how that came to be because Sean O'Brien and Fred Zuckerman um, were were not always on the same side, right? They were they were um, opposition for a while, former rivals, um, and and they, they came together a few years ago to r- run a slate with, with the idea of unifying the
1: Teamsters. So I'd like to talk about that and talk sure. about the significance of that. Sure. So if you go back to the 2016 election, which was one, the one prior to this, there was 5,000 votes that separated both slates. Fred was on one slate and Jim Hoffa ran the other one. It was obvious that our union was split. And we all know that if we're not all rowing in the same direction, that it hurts our members. So Sean, over the last period of the last five years, tried to unify us. Um, He reached out to Fred when it came to negotiating the UPS contract. Um, brought Fred in. Sean was the director of the small package division of UPS. He was tasked with negotiating uh, the UPS contract, reached out to Fred. Fred has the largest UPS local in the country um, and started working together. The administration, Jim Hoffa, didn't like that at the time and told Sean to get rid of Fred. Sean refused to do that, uh, knowing that, Doing that would only hurt this membership, um, and because Sean refused to do that, uh, he was terminated from his position as a uh, small package director. Subsequently, Sean said, okay, well, we are not going to survive if we're just, you know, fighting from within. We need to do something to try to unify us. So Sean reached out to Fred and asked him to run in the next general election. And from that point, Sean put a slate together of a lot of people um, who were very knowledgeable in a lot of different areas uh, from all over the country and, in in my opinion, put together probably the best slate out there. And I think that was evident in the vote count. Um, There were no splits here. Uh, The entire O'Brien-Zuckerman slate was elected. We were elected pretty handily. And... um, You know, Sean just did a great job, and now the real work begins, right? We have a a, a transition period that's going to take us from now until uh, the swearing-in ceremony, which isn't until March of 22, uh, to get the international up and running, get people in place, um, dole out assignments and tasks for everyone.
2: Uh, There's a lot of work that has to take place
1: between now and then.
2: So we're a little more than a year out from uh, negotiating our own contract, and now you're elected Eastern Region Vice President. How does that change uh, the dynamic being at the bargaining table?
1: So I think it gives us a lot more clout, obviously. Um, It sends a message to the company, and I know for a fact that the company was watching this election very closely. Um, Tuesday, right, so the vote count went from last Monday through uh, we closed out Friday, or excuse me, Thursday around 10 o'clock. Um, the South was the first region that got counted. Uh, we won that. The um, Central started the count started Tuesday, and we were doing very well there. As you know, uh, looking at the website that we were updating people um, as votes were coming in, and I says uh, as I said, the company was watching that. As my phone was ringing off the hook saying. Hey, I hear you guys are doing pretty good, or I see that you guys are doing pretty well. Um, you know, congratulations, well-deserved. Um, you know, they really kind of became my best friends overnight and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, right. you could tell that there's uh, some nervousness uh, there. Um, there's some concern there. But, again, you know, I think we'll do a good job in negotiations. Uh, this position, as I said, just brings a lot more clout to our local, and uh, I think the company is very well aware of that. That should be fun.
0: Yeah, it should be. So, so, Rock, you know, talking to our members throughout the campaigning and, and while the vote was going on, um, I know that a big concern for folks um, – is that you're going to leave the local, right? That was a question that throughout the process was asked to me. Um, so so why don't you answer that question for our members? Is this position going to take you away from the local? And and more specifically, what kinds of things, what kinds of duties are you going to have as a new
1: Eastern Region VP? So first of all, no, um, it's not going to take me away from the local. I will have, obviously, some additional duties, Um, we're going to work on those again, starting this week and through the transition period. Um, I will do what Sean asked me to do. Um, there are a number of positions that need to be filled. Uh, there's a lot of education that needs to take place. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I want to volunteer to help, uh, educate, especially, any area of our, our newer employees, our newer members coming in uh, to the Teamsters, um, and anybody really in the manufacturing world um, or in our, in our group uh, I want to help out with. Um, but, look, if you don't take care of home first, then none of this other stuff matters. All right. So my first and uh, major job will always be to take care of local 1150. Good to know.
2: So the the Teamsters United slate ran on a platform of standing up to unfair employers and using the strike more often and and talking about a more uh, militant unionism. Uh, What can we expect from this leadership in the next year and the years to come? So knowing Sean, um, Sean is a very
1: tough negotiator, so that's what you'll see from us. Uh, He understands that organizing is the lifeline of this union. You're going to see a big push. Uh, to start organizing people, um, Sean, as I said, is a hard worker and expects that of everybody that works for him. Uh, we've talked about a lot of this stuff during our last convention. Um, organizing places such as Amazon—a uh, monumental task, right? But we're going to put a plan in place, and we're gonna we're gonna go after Amazon. Um, I think you've seen a lot of articles and different. Newspapers where Sean was quoted and talking about that. And, and, and we believe that, you know, what we need to do is educate people as to why it is so important to organize Amazon, right? Amazon is just bringing down the standards of so many people, so many communities, um, and they're doing it under the guise of, you know, well, Amazon was never created or these jobs were not created to be careers, well that's just a little ridiculous because if you look at anybody that does similar work whether it's the post office whether it's UPS whether it's FedEx those are all careers they're not they're not part-time jobs while you go to school right those are careers and whoever did Amazon's PR campaign saying that you know these were never made to be career jobs they were just stepping stones again it's no more than just that. It's a PR campaign to try to keep the union away. Um, You cannot compare what an Amazon worker makes to what a UPS worker makes in wages or benefits or protections under a contract, um, and they perform basically identical work.
0: I think you can compare it, but it, 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 pales in comparison. That's for sure. Sure. Um, I have compared it and it's a pretty ugly comparison. Um, so, so part of what Sean talked about a lot during the campaign, um, and, and actually for years, every time I hear him speak, he, he talks about mobilizing members. Um, he, he always says that union power comes from member action. Um, so, so at a, at an international level, what does that look like? What does mobilizing members look like?
1: So one of the things we did uh, at the last convention was we uh, passed resolutions that uh, force people to bring rank and file into negotiations, right? We need, again, and I'll say this a lot, we need to educate our members. We need them to understand why they get the wages and benefits that they do. We need them to be part of the negotiating process so they can go back and and, and talk to their peers and make sure that they understand that. Um, we need to, you know, you know, I can tell you when I first started at Sikorsky, John Santa Maria was, was my, um, my steward. And he would wear a steward shirt every day. But going back 30-some-odd years now, we had a navy blue um, union shirt with gold lettering on it. And I asked him one day, well, how do I get one of those? And he said, well, you can get it at the union hall. They're like five bucks a piece. And the trend started out out on the line where everybody wanted one of those shirts. Everybody wanted to be part of the union, right? And we need to somehow get that back. We need to somehow get that out to all of our 1.3 million members and make them feel proud to be part of this organization. Right, and I, and I think that's one of the goals that Sean is setting, and, and one of the jobs that he's assigning us to do. And once we do that, I think we're going to be a whole different
0: organization. Yeah, I I look forward to that because you know I'm I'm really proud personally of of the part I play in the teams and just of being a member. And I know that, you know, when the UPS guy comes to my house to drop off a package, I'm, Hey, brother, how you doing? And some of okay. them don't even know what I'm talking about when I call him brother, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, 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 think, um, talking about pride and membership is, uh, is, is a really important thing.
1: And, it, and again, I'm just going to hit on education again, right? We have an international election every five years, 1.3 million ballots went out this time out, and we got about 175,000 back, approximate numbers. Um, we, we need to do better than that. We need to do better than that. Uh, I know, you know, especially on the odd slate, we were out there constantly, out at different locals, out at different barns, and, a- a- again, it's very difficult to get people to get involved in vote. Now there's a lot of things that happened over the last couple of years, you know, the pandemic, the mandates, uh, people being out of work you know, that all weighed into this. But again, it is our one of our basic rights to vote and, and we need to exercise that right. And again, I believe firmly that we will see a huge increase when we educate our members.
2: During the campaign, there was a lot of emphasis put on political power. And as a union, as Local 1150, we're pretty uh, politically active. Should we expect any changes as far as political activity uh, goes? So from our standpoint or the local
1: standpoint, uh, we do a good job raising money for drive. Uh, We do a good job at holding our politicians' feet to the fire. Um, It is not that way across the country. Uh, So, yes, you'll see us pick that up a little bit. Um, I I can tell you that everyone, including the White House, has reached out to Sean since this election. Uh, I think they're going to find the change in the Teamsters refreshing. Um, But again, um, we are not the ATM machine for any party. Uh, We will support people who support our members. As far as politics go, you know, all locals are in unique um, situations. Us in particular, and I'll talk about us, you know, we have a workforce um, that that is highly Republican, and, you know, it's not something that we should be able to let divide us. You know, we, we need to do a little bit more, again, educating people as to why the union supports one candidate over the other. Um, we need to get our members involved. We need to get these politicians involved. And, and again, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we have to do and, and, and support the people who are going to support us. Because without a job, none, none of this makes a difference, right? In our world, where we rely so much on you know, federal budgets, we have to put the right people in place. And, you know, I think we did that the last time out uh, with Rosa DeLauro. And I know when I walk through the shop, there's people that don't like her, but she is the chair of appropriations. So, of course, the aircraft sits in her backyard, and she is going to make sure that that place is filled up with work. I can tell you the last time um, that I walked through the shop with her, uh, people who didn't support her, on the management side, said, you know what, Rock? I really don't like her, but I will give her credit for this. She keeps this place filled with work. And that's got to be the number one job for us. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, we could probably talk all day about um, the specifics of how how the Teamsters will likely change in the next few years. Under Sean O'Brien, um, you know, we talk about the, the using the strike. We talk about standing up to unfair employers and, and all of that stuff and mobilizing members. Um, how else? What, what are some of the things that maybe, um, maybe I don't know about? Um, how, how is the Teamsters Union going to change under Sean O'Brien's leadership?
1: As I said, uh, Sean's an extremely hard worker. He's a fourth generation Teamster. Um, he's a very proud teamster. Uh, He expects everyone that works for him to work as hard as he does, and um, he's not going to take anything less. So, again, there's a lot of things that are going to happen over the next six months or up until the point of the swearing in uh, during this transition process, and I'll, I'll come back on once we get a little farther down the road and uh, explain some of the assignments and, and roles people will be playing. So, Rock, I want to go back to politics for a
0: second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is probably a, a question for Sean, and hopefully we'll get Sean to, to come on the show at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a real busy guy, and I won't count on that happening anytime soon. But, um, but I, I'm pretty sure that Sean has a relationship with Marty Walsh. Um, from from their days in Boston. I think that's real important. How do you see that playing out? Is, I mean, that's got to be a big advantage for the Teamsters.
1: Yeah, so, so, so Marty and Sean um, are friends. Uh, they talked just recently. Uh, Marty reached out to Sean after the election. Um, I'm sure, you know, as Secretary of Labor, Marty will be running decisions by Sean, looking for uh, input from Sean, as, as he probably does from other international presidents, but um, that Boston relationship is, is there between Sean and Marty that doesn't exist with anybody else. So I, they're, they're close. Um, I know they have a lot of respect for each other, um, and and I think it'll be a great relationship for, for the Teamsters.
2: Back to Amazon for, for a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how are we going to uh, organize Amazon, and how can the members of our union play a role in that?
1: So, again, um, we, we passed a resolution at this um, last convention to make Amazon organizing Amazon a priority. Um, we will put a plan together. We will put a team together that will organize probably some rank-and-file folks, and I don't want to get out ahead of myself because, um, you know, this is Sean's guidance that we're going to be following. Um, but Amazon is a giant. And we can't do it on our own. We need our rank and file out in the field. Uh, we need our rank and file talking um, to members, we or, or potential members, I should say, at Amazon. You know, we need the UPS and the DHLs of the world to go and be part of this team where, you know, they can sit down and they have something in common uh, with the folks that work at Amazon and explain to them what the benefits of a union are. You know, Sean is adamant about, and he uses this term all the time, or this phrase, I should say, protect, preserve, and improve um, the working conditions. And it is no coincidence that the uh, challenge coins we did for Labor Day, you know, had that phrase on it, right, because I think that's important. I think that's what we should all be doing as union leaders Um, and as I said, you know, Amazon is a giant, it's going to be a huge uphill battle, but we have an army that can, that can get the job done, I think.
0: And, and and, Ruck, so to, to be clear, unless I'm mistaken, that whole effort at the convention to, um, to resolve, to organize Amazon, that came from Sean, am I right?
1: It did. It came from Sean, came from the Oslate. Um, But I will, in all honesty, tell you that both sides saw the importance of it and it it passed just about unanimously. Good.
0: So, Rock, you're you're one of the folks on um, the I I shouldn't probably call it the Oz team anymore. Um, You're you're one of the you're one of the only folks on on this newly elected slate who who really has a personal relationship with Sean. So so talk about how that came to be.
1: Well, Sean, Sean and I, um, you know, started out probably around the same time. Uh, we came into our roles as principal officers around the same time. Uh, we got on the joint council around the same time. Sean has progressed up through the council. Um, and listen, you know, every time I was anywhere with Sean, we were very like-minded uh, as we are today. Um, and... He's just, I've watched him grow in his local, I've watched him grow at the Joint Council, I've watched him grow as an Eastern Region uh, Vice President, as the Director of the Small Packages at at, at UPS, um, organizing. I've watched him too, you know, at the Joint Council and his local, what hopefully he's gonna bring to the international, you know increasing or creating a strategic research department uh, putting on an organizing department that's second to none um, he's just he's an all-inclusive guy he understands you know that we need to be an all-inclusive organization he understands that we need to to educate and you know he just he just gets it right he's the best probably most qualified person that will ever hold the role of as IBT, uh, general president.
0: Yeah. I mean, just from my own experience, I don't know, Sean, um, I've, I've met him a few times. I've heard him speak on several occasions and, um, you know, the difference between hearing him speak and, and, um, you know, members of the former leadership team, uh, it, it's just, it's night and day. Um, and I, for one, am pretty excited to see what happens with our union in the next few years. Um, pretty excited to be a part of it uh so count me in i got my helmet on my chin strap is buckled and i'm ready to go <laughs>
1: all right so and and i just want to take a minute to just thank everybody that participated in the process um you know it is not lost on us what it took us to get here uh all of the the fundraisers and and, in standing at the gates and talking to members i I mean we we wouldn't be here without the membership and and i know sean knows that and it's why you know we want rank and file involved uh, throughout the entire next five years absolutely
0: so so rocco congratulations to you on your election um i know that as one of the guys that that works for you um, you know, you're always saying to me, don't give me more work. Well, I voted and I gave you more work. Um, so, so I should be apologizing, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to congratulate you and, um, and just let yes. you know that, that I'm, I'm behind you, um, here to help you in whatever things you need, um, in, in the future and, and in your new, new endeavor. same endeavors. here as
1: well. Yeah, th- th- this is work I think I'm going to actually enjoy, you know, we and, and I think, you know, we had a slate meeting um, Saturday, and we're all just chomping at the bit to get to work, so.
0: Get to it. All right. Thanks for being here, Rocco, and um, we'll have you on again soon. Great. Um, we look forward to it.
2: All right. Thank you. Okay, so, Vin, do we have a question this week? Yes, we do. Who was the first— uh, president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. First General
0: President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. That's the question for this week. So send your answers to comms at Teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at Teamsters1150.org. We'll put all the correct answers in a hat, mix them up, pull out a winner, and you'll win some crazy, cool, local 1150 cool stuff. stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. So listen, folks, um, we're going to take a break Uh, For the month of December, we're going to take a few weeks off for the holidays. We're going to kind of retool the um, podcast. It might sound a little different when we come back. Um, Not too much different, I hope, for the folks who like it. For the folks who don't like it, give it a try because it might be a little bit different. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you downloading, and we really appreciate you following. If you're not following, please go to Podbean and follow us. That's the 10 to 12 podcast podcast the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. So join the group, okay, and start following. Um, Again, uh, keep on listening. Keep on showing up for membership meetings if you're a member of Teamsters Local 1150. Um, We're glad you listened this time. And um, I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Cayeti. And we'll see you next time.